It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is season one, episode 23. We're calling this one, Is This Heaven? This week we've gone a little bit out of order as Crowley was at the game yesterday on Thursday night. So we started there. We will get to a review of the game from start to finish and then preview the upcoming games. But now we are going to talk to Tommy Birch of the Iowa Cubs and the Des Moines Register right here on the Fly the W670 podcast. My next guest on Fly the W, you know him as one of the voices of the Iowa Cubs and a writer for the Des Moines Register. We have Tommy Birch with us. How are you, Tommy? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Well, as it said, as they said in 1989, if you build it, they will come. Here we are. We have we are about a uh, little over 24 hours away from the start of the Field of Dreams games. How do the people of Des Moines, how, how fired up do they get when this game comes to town? Yeah, I mean, I think the entire state gets pretty fired up. I, I don't think it's the same level as it was last year when the White Sox and New York Yankees came. There was just so much more intrigue when it came to all of it because nobody had really seen the field. Nobody really knew what the game was going to look like and all that. We've seen the field. We've had a game. There certainly still is intrigue. This is one of the biggest tickets in, in the entire state of Iowa. I talked to a lot of people who entered the – the lottery again and we're pretty disappointed they didn't get in so it'll be a packed house it'll be a sellout crowd um and it'll be a fun night for people yeah you know and and it's hard to believe that movie came out in 1989 and you had kevin costner and james earl jones and sadly the late ray liotta i'm sure they're probably gonna pay tribute to him tonight you today right yeah that's kind of the game plan that's something uh people from fox have been telling me um i actually went up to the field dreams movie site um, to do a story on kind of how Fox and Major League Baseball were going to try to follow up last year's kind of epic game, not only from from a baseball standpoint, but more or less a, a broadcast standpoint, because it was a huge hit. You know, you had that timeless tribute with Kevin Costner and the players walking out of the corn, um, <clears throat> all that type of great stuff. And they were actually looking at the land, kind of walking through different things uh, the day that Ray Liotta passed away. And right away they had said, um, 
that they wanted to do something to to honor him. So that'll probably happen during the game. And Kevin Costner, I mean, does he take an integral role in in kind of what goes on as far as the pregame and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, we do not know if Kevin Costner is going to be here tonight. Um, there were kind of there were definitely rumblings that he was going to be here last year. We haven't really heard some of those this time around. That doesn't mean it's not happening. They tried to keep everything very, um, very quiet last year. I did know the day before the game that Costner was going to be coming and making an appearance at the site the night before the game, which obviously then led me to believe he was going to be a part of the broadcast one way or another, but haven't heard anything yet so far. One thing I kind of have been able to gather is um, I think Fox is really going to try to utilize the kind of the storied history of both these organizations, the the Cubs and the Reds, and try to bring in some of those old-time players um, who – you know, maybe we have a good tip of who they're going to be based off the list of guys that are going to be around town doing different autograph shows. But, you know, I, I would say guys from like the Big Red Machine, some of the typical faces that you see around Wrigley Field, like a Ryan Sandberg and Fergie Jenkins, those type of guys. But I think they're all going to be a part of this game and in this broadcast some way. As it, it, it really, like I said, I mean, as, as a kid who grew up and saw that movie in 1989, it, it was, you know, it just touched on so many different levels and it's, and it's hard to believe it's resonated over 30 years later that, that this is happening. So this movie, you did an article in the Des Moines Register about the family that really kind of was, you know, where that was filmed, right? That was two families that that, that area covered. Is that correct? Yeah, the the it, it was actually split into kind of two properties. You know, one family on the left and center field line, but another family, Don and Becky Lansing, owned pretty much the rest of the entire field, the barn, uh, the iconic house from the movie, and stuff like that. They ended up buying the entire property, but they had always had some big plans for the site. You know, they they saw it just naturally becoming a major tourist attraction. It's not something they were pubbing, pushing, or trying to make it become. It was just something naturally that people um, flocked Iowa to do. They were they were just such giant fans of the movies that they wanted to wander out to the cornfield, walk out of the corn, play catch with their, their dad or their son or whatever, and see where the movie is filmed. But it's grown immensely since then, and um don and becky ended up selling the site and the and those owners ended up selling it to now the current um owners which include frank thomas who have some really big plans they want to put in eighth youth baseball and softball fields they want to actually build a permanent type stadium to possibly host more major league games <clears throat> and even a hotel so it's going to be interesting to see what the site can look like in, in two, three years and maybe even sooner because the idea is they want to have a lot of these youth baseball and softball fields ready to roll for the 2023 summer. Wow. And 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 that really was Don and Becky. They kind of wanted to do something like that is what I got from your article. But then uh, Denise Stillman from Go the Distance comes in and buys it and she really kind of put together that idea of a youth baseball and softball complex as well. Yeah, Don and Becky actually wanted to to turn like the barn house into an area where they would uh, take in troubled teens, uh, just all kinds of kids, and 
kind of teach them about farming and stuff like that and kind of give them something else to do as kind of a um, an out for for whatever they were going through. You know, they always have these grand plans of some kind of youth, you know, one way or another benefiting use. You know, they obviously didn't have the grand plans of putting in a youth baseball and softball complex, but, you know, they pitched around some pretty interesting ideas, you know, possibly a bed and breakfast. Um, but they always wanted to keep it small and simple. You know, they turned down chances to make a lot of money, including, you know, somebody had approached them about advertising and, and building a scoreboard on the movie site diamond and, and, and sponsoring that, but they turned it down and, Part of that was that, you know, they didn't view themselves as as a major uh, kind of business people, but also part of it was they wanted to keep it simple. But I think now they like the ideas that are being moved forward. It's, it's obviously taking their ideas on a whole other level, but I think they realize, okay, this is an opportunity to build the brand of field dreams, get a whole other audience of um, <clears throat> fans of the movie involved. Because look, you know, 1989 is a, a long time since the movie <laughs> came out. You know, the movie is for people like you and I, our age. But, you know, what I'm seeing from this experience is there are so many major league baseball players that have not seen the movie. I remember Tim Anderson, before he hit the walkout home run last year, said he hadn't seen the movie. But, before the White Sox and the Yankees came to <clears throat> came to Dyersville last year, Major League Baseball, I believe, hooked them hooked them all up with copies of the movie, kind of urged them to watch it. Um, the Sea Rapids Colonels, their manager, urged those guys to watch, it, and a lot of those guys did. And I think that's part of the the whole thing with this youth baseball complex too. Is there are going to be teams that are coming out there. The dads who are like you and I, you know, kind of our age are going to be like, okay, kids, this is what you're going to play. Let's watch the movie. And it's an opportunity to really expose, um, you know, the film to a whole other generation of fans. I, I remember it came out in 1989. I think it was 1995. I was one of those people that literally I had a girlfriend at the time and she hadn't seen the movie and we just got in the car and we drove out there and, and, you know, I'm excited to see all the changes. I, I doubt I'd even recognize it because we just literally, we drove out, same thing, brought a couple of mitts, ran around the bases, that kind of stuff. But it literally just was exactly like the movie. It was just a farmhouse and a little field, and, and it was unreal. Yeah, when you come on game day for the actual Field Dreams Big League game, it's going to be like nothing that you remember it because there's just so much set up for the big league game but i will say like if you come back on a typical day when you know it's a month or two out from the big league game you know it's it's gonna have that same feel to it i remember a, a lot of people were really concerned when that announcement came that major league baseball was going to be coming in and building a stadium at the site um that was going to take away some of the magic some of the appeal some of the simpleness of the movie site but I don't think it really has. And even though it's a short walk from one field to the other, just the way the two parks are set up and with the corn and everything, um, it just feels like that that big league diamond is so much further away than it actually is. So it hasn't done that. Now, granted, once you start putting in eighth youth baseball and softball complex, you know, stadiums, um, a hotel and possibly a whole other park, 
could be a totally different story. Yeah, that's why I'm glad, like I said, I've gotten the chance to go when it was brand, you know, when right after the movie and now this chance now. As someone that's going to the game, what would you recommend uh, as far as kind of places to go or places to see around the area of Field of Dreams? Yeah, I would say first thing, get there early. Traffic is going to be absolutely insane. But um, obviously, you got to go to the original movie site. You, you have to, to actually get to the Big League Stadium. You walk through the corn to get there. Check out the house. Check out um, um, the. There's actually a shop which has baseballism um, stuff. Walk around the movie site field, play catch, do all that type of stuff. Um, because during the game, it's going to be really, really special. And one thing that I noticed that was really, really cool last year is once the big league game actually ended, there were a lot of people that stuck around and played catch on the movie site diamond under the lights. It was just kind of an impromptu thing that happened. It turned out to be really cool and really special and, and kind of really reminiscent of the end of the movie, you know, where uh, Rick and and his dad are playing catch on the field. And you see that long line of cars, you're going to have that long line of cars, but you're going to have more people playing catch. So um, those are kind of the main things, you know, I, I would recommend to anybody going to the game, make sure you bring your glove. All right. That, that's a good piece of advice here. Now, uh, is I would, I would be remiss to not ask you a little bit about the Iowa Cubs season this year. Uh, kind of an interesting one. And when I talk to people about minor leagues, triple A is always the tough one because that's the one where there's never really any consistency. Players are constantly moving back and forth, guys are coming for rehabs, all that stuff. What have you seen so far out of the Iowa Cubs this year? Yeah, it's been kind of a, a really weird roster, really weird year with so many, you know, transactions. Obviously, covering a AAA team, you're used to transactions, but I don't know if I've ever seen this many DFAs in one season. But, you know, it's you know, it's been very interesting watching kind of the progression of Caleb Killian. It hasn't been that natural, just straight-up success. It's kind of been a bumpy road, but there's still a lot of optimism for a guy like him. I was really looking forward to seeing a full season of Brennan Davis, but he massively struggled when he was here. turns out we find out that he wasn't healthy. He was dealing with a back injury which ultimately led to surgery. It sounds like he will be back sometime this season. I don't know if that means he's going to be getting that bats here or he's going to be getting that bats in Arizona, but he's going to be getting some playing time somewhere. So to me, those have kind of been the biggest storylines, Caleb Killian and, um, and Brennan Davis, even though Brennan Davis's stint in Iowa seems like forever ago at this point. Now, when you take a look at some of the pitchers, and we know once we get to right around Labor Day, there's going to be some movement. Obviously, you would expect Caleb Killian to be one of those guys that gets called up to the major roster. Um, Matt Swarmer, how's he been doing since his return? Have they been working on anything specific that you can tell? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
You know, uh, not really. I mean, for him, it's just about maybe trying to add some more pitches to his arsenal because, look, that cutter is pretty much what got him um, to the big leagues and kind of kept him up there too. But he's got to develop a little bit more stuff to to be able to get out hitters because right now it kind of seems like it's been a one-two type pitch mix, which will get you by for a little bit, but you're not going to have a lot of success in the big leagues with that type of stuff unless – one of those pitches is just absolutely amazing. So they're kind of I'm, – I'm interested to see what their game plan is going to be moving forward with him, if it's going to be in that starter role or kind of long relief. I think right now they are kind of trying to stretch him back out because when he was DFA'd, he went a little bit without pitching. So he's under a little bit of a pitch count right now. But, it, you know, it's quite the amazing story. I don't know if Matt Schwarmer is ever going to get back to the big leagues, but that guy – you know, worked his butt off, grinded his way through, and, you know, was a guy that a lot of people, um, I think, had kind of written off. You know, he's a guy that's been in the organization for a long time, but put up great, great numbers in Iowa this season. And Chicago needed an arm. He went up there, made the most of his shot, and got to stick around for a little bit. You got to see the debut of Hayden Wesniski, uh came from the Yankees in the trade for Scott Efros. Uh, obviously, a lot of people were excited. It was kind of a crazy thing. The start didn't go that well, but, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch how, you know, his progression goes as well for the rest of the Iowa season. Yeah, I mean, the the numbers look absolutely horrendous when you look at the start. I mean, I think it was one and a third, one and two thirds innings, something like that, eight runs. Um, you know, there is some silver lining to it if you really want to look at it. And I think uh, some perspective is certainly needed when it comes to that because you know look here's a guy that hadn't pitched and I think nine ten days was with a new organization was under a tight pitch count um and I think you know out of the eight hits he gave up like five of them were you know under 75 miles an hour so there wasn't a lot of hard contact there were a lot of bloops and frankly some misplayed balls in the outfield and infield as well so we didn't get a ton of help but you know he didn't look sharp he didn't look great but you know it's something i don't take too much stock into because one it's start number one for him with a new organization after a lot of rest so you know how he does and starts two three and four really going to tell me a lot more about him yeah, like you said, you know, sometimes the BABIP gods are not, not in your side. These duck snores, these balls drop in, these rollers, and there's just no – it's not like these guys were absolutely tattooing him. Yeah, the baseball gods were pretty pissed at him that day. <laughs> now, he didn't help his cause either. You know, he fell behind in some counts, and, and you know, th- that's another thing kind of worth noting when it comes to his start. You know, he – you know, the, the strike to ball count was was not great, but I would say, like, when he was missing, it's not like he was massively missing. He was just really close. He was really right around the zone, which also kind of leads me to believe, like, okay, you get him on a typical five-day rest kind of plan, he's going to be a little bit sharper. So, um, you know, I saw a lot of panic from Cubs fans, and, um, a lot of rejoicing from Yankee fans after that starts. Um, but, you know, it's just one start. There's going to be a lot more, and they're they're very high up on him. Classic baseball fan overreaction. Now, speaking of first base, it seems like you have a glut of first basemen down there. 
And you also mentioned DFAs earlier. And so it, it, to me, I'm kind of sitting here and looking at that first base position and going, you know, oh boy, because Matt Mervis has absolutely, it doesn't matter, you know, double A, triple A, he's been absolutely mashing the ball. Uh, what have you seen so far about Matt that has impressed you the most? He is one big dude. He's really big. When when I saw him in, in BP for the first time, I was like, holy cow, like that guy, that guy's a beast. But yeah, he's done absolutely nothing but rake. You know, he he did hit a little bit of a of a wall for, for a couple of games, but rebounded pretty quick. And he just has a knack for uh, being able to drive in runs. I think there are just some guys that have that ability to to do really good situational hitting and, and just have that unique ability to drive in runs. Obviously, um, the opportunity has to present itself where you got, you got guys on base, but you know he's shown a tremendous amount of power and, and really made a, a pretty good adjustment from double A to triple A. And you look at just where he's been already in the organization, this rapid rise, I think you kind of wait for you're kind of almost like, okay, at some point he's going to really cool off. You know, you saw with Nelson Malonado a little bit, who just absolutely raked in double A um, and then made the jump to triple A and has had some success and also had some growing pains. And I think still a really good hitter and somebody who will probably get a chance down the road and should because he, he's just a legit good hitter. But even a good hitter like him really um, – hit that wall and i think that's going to be our true telling point when it comes to matt mervis because it'll happen at some point and i think that's what the cubs kind of wait for when it comes to guys like that how do they respond once they deal with that first set of adversity speaking of adversity alfonso rivas is a guy that was with the with the major league club for a long time and now he's back in the minors do you, do you look at those guys when they come back and see what, kind of what their attitude is like? And, and, and do you see the coaches kind of maybe saying, okay, this is what happened and, and this is how we're going to try to adjust? Yeah, I mean, uh, there are two things I really pay close attention to when that happens. One of them is how quickly do you get back to Des Moines? That really tells you how much the guy is invested in, how much they want to work at it. Now, sometimes situations dictate you possibly taking a little bit longer. You know, this this is a business. There are legitimate personal lives that are in play where you have to figure out how to move, where to stay, and how to get your family to point A to point B. So it's not to knock anybody that actually does take the full time. Sometimes you just have to. But, you know, I think about guys like Albert Elmore Jr., who, you know, when he got sent down a couple of years ago, he knew I was roster was – and we one man short until we got there. He wanted to get ABs. He wanted to get time and rush back down here. Even Jackson Frazier did um, this year. But usually, kind of how it goes early on is they, you know, hitting coach Desi Wilson usually lets the guys kind of get their feet wet, kind of go through their rhythm for a couple games, maybe even a week or so, and just kind of watch them and see how they're doing and see if there's anything that can be fixed and. After about a week or so, if there is something, then they'll dive in. But usually early in the process, it's just kind of wait and see and, and then go from wait and see and dissect. Right. And, and, and so now at this point, you have two guys down there that were 
major leaguers, well, Frank Schwindel and David Bodie. David Bodie was a couple of years up with the Cubs, and Schwindel had a good second half last season, but has struggled, uh, especially with some back issues. You know, how much concern do you see with guys like that? Because you know with Frank Schwindel, at least David Bodie's under contract for another year with Frank you know, it's it's got to be really tough, especially knowing that there's other guys like Revis and Mervis who need at bats. Yeah, I mean, right now, if you're a guy like David Bodie or a guy like Frank Schwindel, it's it's a really tough spot to be in. Where last year you were in teardown mode, I think you're still kind of in teardown mode a little bit if you're the Chicago Cubs, but you were just looking for guys to fill in spots and and essentially giving them a chance to audition and saying, look, we need somebody to go out and play first base. We need somebody to go out and play second or third base, like kind of like Patrick Wisdom did at third base. Go out there. If you rake, we'll keep playing you. If you don't, we're going to give somebody else a shot. Frank Schwindel made the most of his shot last year and got a chance to to prove what he could do again this year, and it just hasn't worked out. You know, David Bodie was a guy that really took advantage of his shot a couple of years ago has been through a lot of injuries and came back up this year and they kind of gave him a shot and said, look, let's see what you can do. And at that point, both those guys and even guys like Jason Hayward, who has now been a while for around for a little bit, when they've gotten their opportunities, haven't made the most of it. Now the Cubs have kind of turned their attention to um, saying like, okay, we know what we have in Frank Schwindel, David Bodie and Jason Hayward. Let's go look at the younger guys, see what they can do, because the Cubs are at a point where they got to figure out who is going to be a part of their plans moving forward. And the only way you can do that is by giving guys at-bats and opportunities. And right now it's going to be a lot of young guys to figure out, like, okay, are you a part of our future? If you are, go play And that's kind of one of the things I look at is it looks to me like there's a ton of outfield talent in the throughout the Cubs affiliates. You guys have a couple of guys, and I wonder if you wonder, you know, if you think any of these because they just picked up for Mil Reyes. Uh, you have Christopher Morrell, you have Nelson Velasquez. Uh, obviously, Seiya is going to anchor right, and you still have Ian Happen left. So yeah. I think Ian not getting traded, which a lot of people are happy about, it does kind of affect these other guys. Do you see any of the following, like Narciso Crook or Jackson Frazier or Nelson Maldonado, being called up and getting some playing time in September? Yeah, I mean, I could see Crook in some opportunities again just because he's played so well and done so great. You know, he he's not only put up great offensive numbers, but played great defense. You know, he threw out a runner at second base last night, or not last night. The, the days at this point are kind of blending together. But the other night has showcased a really good arm. He's just a tremendously uh, great athletic dude and a tremendous clubhouse presence. He's probably one of the most likable, lovable popular guys on that roster so he's the type of guy that you want in your clubhouse especially during this kind of awkward time of rebuilding and retooling if you're the chicago cubs you know i think of him as a less experienced version of jason hayward because he has those leadership qualities and those kind of rally the guys uh, around type type personality which you, you frankly you want on your club i think jackson frazier's hasn't played well enough where I don't know if the opportunity is going to come again for him. I think at this point he's going to ride out the season in AAA, get paid. And he's pretty adamant to me that the reason why when he was designated for assignment, he entertained the idea of becoming a free agent. But he wanted to get paid. If he would have become a free agent, he would have gotten paid by the Cubs. So he came to Iowa, got to work, and is getting paid. And um, 
is hoping to go back to the major leagues, but it's been kind of a struggle for him. Molnado is a guy that, you know, I think the tough thing for Molnado, despite being such a good hitter, and despite kind of the, the numbers not being there, I still think there's an opportunity for a guy like him and probably should be um, because he has a really good track record. And I think once he gets hot, that might be something that is entertained. But the problem for him is just lack of positioning. You know, he can play first base. He can play the outfield. But um, I don't think well enough where, you know, at least he's got to be able to just hit so great that you're willing to overlook kind of um, whatever defensive um, disadvantages he may have. Well, Tommy, I appreciate you taking some time talking with us. Uh, you know, where, where can people find your work, follow you on the socials? Yeah. Uh, Des Moines register.com gets subscription. I got, I, I got clothes I got to pay for, for my four-year-old. So help a guy out, uh, on Twitter at, uh, Tommy Birch, B-I-R-C-H. There's not a T in my last name. I know people like to substitute that R. So, um, Tommy Birch, uh, follow me on Twitter and, um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's everything. Well, Tommy, I'm ready to go the distance and head to Des Moines where the city is buzzing, but the S's are silent. <laughs> and uh, hopefully we'll see you there. And thank you for coming on, Tommy. Yeah, hit me up. Let me know when you get to town and uh, we'll, we'll hang out. All right. You take care. Thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.